The famous poet Henry Wadsworth Longfellow sat down on Christmas Day, 1863, and reflected on some of the events that had happened in his life. One of them was he lost his first wife when she had a miscarriage and she didn't make it. He lost his second wife in a tragic fire that he was injured in as well. And then his son went to join the Union Army and he had received word that his son had been shot and was very badly injured. So he sat down listening to the church bells in the background and he wrote these words. I heard the bells on Christmas day, their old familiar carols play and wild and sweet the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And, and I thought how as the day had come, the belfries of all Christendom had rolled along the unbroken song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And in despair, I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail with peace on earth, goodwill to men. Today, the Pratt family has lit the second candle on the Advent wreath, which is the peace candle. And I don't know how you feel, but I think this Christmas we really need peace. For many reasons, our culture seems to be angrier today than it's ever been before. Maybe it's the pandemic and now it keeps dragging on. We have Omicron now to think about, right? Maybe it's exhaustion. Maybe it's the politics and the division. Maybe it's fear, either rational fear or irrational fear that pervades our culture. Whatever the reason, this Christmas season, we are all longing to experience peace in our own hearts and more peace throughout our world. The prophet Isaiah foretells of a child being born, a son being given, authority resting upon his shoulders and his name being called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. During Advent, we prepare our hearts to welcome the Prince of Peace. And many times we must stop and ask, is there room for the Prince of Peace in our world and in our hearts? In our text this morning, Isaiah talks about the peaceable kingdom, the wolf living with the lamb, the leopard lying down with the kid, the calf and the lion and a fatling together and a little child shall lead them, all coexisting in peace. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem, the angels proclaimed the message of peace, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those whom he favors. Throughout his life and his ministry, Jesus taught peace. My peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. In the Sermon on the Mount, he said, blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called children of God. Turn the other cheek, go the extra mile, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. Jesus came to bring peace and to teach peace and our world needs peace because there is war, there is hatred, there are school shootings, there is hostility, there is resentment, there is tension. I got to know former Duke professor Will Williman one summer at Suwannee. I had him for a, a preaching class and Williman is a really smart guy. He's a, an Alabama bishop. 
in the Methodist church. He was before he went back to Duke. But he wrote this great book called Why Jesus? And in the book, he says this. Jesus commends nonviolence, non-retaliation, and forgiveness, not on the basis of effectiveness, not from some silly notion that if we forgive our enemies, it's sure to bring out the best in them, but rather because this is the way of your Father in heaven. Peacefulness is the way of God. Despite what we've been told by politicians, reality is otherwise. At the heart of the universe is not dog-eat-dog, survival of the fittest, struggle in war. At the heart of it all is a God who is peaceful and loving and long-suffering, forgiving and gracious. Jesus looks like God. God looks like Jesus. Willeman says, you can argue that violence is sometimes effective or justified by the circumstances or a possible means to a better end or practice by every nation on the face of the earth, but you can't drag Jesus into the argument with you. This has always been a source of annoyance and it's provoked some fancy intellectual types uh, to do footwork to justify violence, but he says, sorry, Jesus won't cooperate. Over the past few weeks, I've been teaching winding down a class at Vanderbilt, and we've been talking about the concept of emotional intelligence. And I don't teach emotional intelligence because I have it all figured out, I want you to know. I teach it because I believe it's important. And there have been plenty of times during the pandemic when I have fallen short when it comes to the measure of emotional intelligence. How about you? But I believe that it matters. And emotional intelligence has five basic principles. The first is self-awareness. The ability to recognize and understand your moods, your emotions, your drives, as well as their effect on others. Self-regulation is the second. The ability to control or govern disruptive impulses and moods. The third is motivation, a passion to work towards your goals for reasons that go beyond money and status. A fourth is empathy, the ability to understand the emotions of others. A fifth is social skills, the ability to build and manage relationships and networks. And all five of these uh, uh, aspects go together. They build on each other. And so I tell the students that these skills will prove most beneficial as they graduate from college and move on to grad school or to the working world, and that their happiness and fulfillment in life will always be directly tied to their ability to cultivate emotional intelligence in healthy relationships. But why am I talking about it this morning on the second Sunday of Advent? It's because I believe that peace and being a peaceful person takes work. It takes practice. It takes experience. Our world is not wired to lead us to peace. It's wired to keep us busy. It's wired to keep us competing against each other. It's wired to make us want more, to to look around and say, look at what that person has. I want that. Why don't I have that? Again, in John's gospel, Jesus says, my peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. So how do we find peace this Christmas? It's December the 5th. We have 20 days until Christmas. How are you finding peace this Christmas? I have six brief thoughts that I want to share with you, and I hope you'll think about them today 
and throughout this week. The first one is this. To find peace, we have to slow down, which means we can't take on more than we can handle. And unfortunately, I've had to learn this lesson over and over again in my life. For some reason, it, it just doesn't stick. Just because we are busy does not mean that we are healthy. For some reason, being busy is viewed as a badge of honor in our culture. And yes, there are times when we will be busy, but there are also times when we need to slow down and enjoy life, when we need to simplify and cut back. We need to take on less so we can be still. Just because we are busy does not mean that we are healthy. Some of you heard me tell the story years ago when Megan and I got married. We lived in the parsonage. Lots of things happened in the parsonage. The ceiling fell down. Anyway, I could go on about that. But, but I had this shelf, and I got all these gifts from people uh, for getting married, and there were vases and bookends and, and, and candles, and we kept adding things to this shelf until finally the shelf got too, uh, uh, too heavy, and it ripped out of the wall and fell to the floor. Now, isn't that a good metaphor for how we sometimes live our lives? Too busy, taking on too much. Secondly, to find peace this Christmas, we must all practice kindness. And I don't know if you've noticed, but kindness has been uh, a victim, a casualty of the pandemic. And I think all of you know what I mean. There is more to Christianity than kindness, but it has to start there. If we can't get that part right, then we are really going to struggle with the rest. John Pavlovitz is a, a blogger and a pastor. He's actually come to Woodmont before. But he has a new book out that's called, If God is Love, Then Don't Be a Jerk. Uh, at the very beginning, he says this, For as long as human beings have been declaring devotion to a God of love, they have been gloriously screwing it up by being hateful in the process. Jesus would probably say to us, you had one job. <laughs> one job. Love each other as I have loved you. Why is that so hard? All of us need to work on reclaiming kindness as a Christian virtue, because if we say that Jesus is about love, then kindness has to be a part of that. Third, to find peace, we must learn to cultivate spiritual disciplines and practices in our lives. In January, Jay and I are gonna lead our discipleship classes. We're uh, redoing those, updating those. I hope you'll come and join us. But we're gonna talk about why this matters because if you never worship and if you never pray and, and if you never reflect upon scripture and if you separate yourself from the community or from a group, then you can't expect to find peace in your life. It's that simple. So as Christians, we have to be intentional about doing all these things on a regular basis. Spiritual practices must be cultivated. Being here on Sunday is a spiritual practice. Reading your Bible is a spiritual practice. Praying on a regular basis is a spiritual practice. Because when we neglect these things, we always suffer the consequences. And one of the consequences, I think, is a lack of peace in our hearts. Fourth, to find peace this Christmas, we must learn to forgive. Forgive and move on. We've all been done wrong by somebody. Somebody's hurt us, somebody's offended us, somebody's disrespected us, somebody's ignored us, somebody hasn't told us how great we are. And as human beings, we all have that in common. And guess what we also have in common? 
all of us, every single one of us, has also hurt somebody else, either intentionally or unintentionally. And Jesus taught us to forgive because you cannot live your life any other way and still find inner peace. Refusing to forgive is a sure way to not have inner peace. Forgiveness doesn't mean that you forget, but it does mean that you move forward. It doesn't mean that you put yourself in a place to be hurt again, but it does mean that you press on and you stop bringing up things from the past. Peaceful people take forgiveness seriously and they learn to forgive. And, and, and I think Christians have always been really good at talking about forgiveness and praying about forgiveness in the Lord's Prayer, but we're not as good at actually practicing forgiveness. We must practice it. Fifth, to find peace at Christmas, we have to learn to control our anger. And anger, if you've noticed, can manifest itself in different ways for different people. For some, they explode, they blow up. For others, they get irritable. For others, they isolate themselves and they withdraw. For others, they just start drinking a lot. Every single person must find a healthy way to process and express their anger. Benjamin Franklin put it well. He said, anger is never without a reason, but seldom a good one. Aristotle said, anybody can become angry, that's easy. But to be angry with the right person and to the right degree and at the right time and for the right purpose and in the right way, that's not within everybody's power. And that, my friends, is not easy. Anger is often tied to fear or sense of threat. People get angry for lots of different reasons. But emotionally intelligent people and peaceful people learn to manage their anger over time, manage it in healthy ways. Lastly, this morning, to find peace at Christmas, we must intentionally do things that bring us peace. At Christmas time, this might be sitting by a warm fire, listening to Christmas music. It might be enjoying a nice dinner out with your spouse. It might be sitting on the back porch watching the sunset early with a, a glass of wine. Or, or I tell young parents, get a babysitter, go out on a date with your spouse so you can be together. We must be intentional about doing the things that allow us to experience peace, especially during what can be a very busy season. And this also means surrounding ourselves with people who bring us peace. There are people who bring us peace, and there are people who take our peace away. Which kinds of people are you going to hang around? That's your choice to make. Alfred Nobel was a famous scientist. He was known for inventing and developing dynamite that could be used for weapons in modern warfare. And when Alfred Nobel's brother died, the newspaper accidentally printed his obituary instead. And so he woke up one day and he saw the headlines. Alfred Nobel helped to develop the most destructive force ever known to humankind. And when he read his own obituary... Nobel thought to himself, is this really what I want to be known for? So God inspired him to make a decision. He took a large portion of his wealth and he created the Nobel Peace Prize. And many famous and brilliant people have won that over the years. And now when we hear the name Nobel, we don't think of dynamite and weapons, but we think of the Nobel Peace Prize. What do we want to be known for one day when we're gone what are we giving our lives to accomplish? Those are important questions. In Matthew's gospel, our New Testament reading, chapter two, we learn about the wise men. 
And in the normal year, today would have been our walk through Bethlehem Sunday, and most of you know what that means. Thousands of people walking through the nativity scene out here in the courtyard, but this has not been a normal year, and we decided a couple of months back we couldn't do it this year. But the wise men, we're told by Matthew, follows the star until it it stops over the place where the Christ child had been born. And they worshiped, and they offered gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And then Matthew says, having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. The wise men, rich, successful, respected, they were changed by what they encountered in Bethlehem. They were transformed, and they went home by a different road. After almost two years of fear and anger, and division, and hate. I hope all of us can make a decision this Christmas to be changed, like the wise men, to go home by a different road. And the best way for us to do that is to work hard to find peace in our own hearts so that we can then go and spread it to other people. Will you do that this Christmas? Will you seek peace in your heart and then spread peace to others? Amen.